Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Here's how this podcast works. Each week we begin with about 7 to 10 minutes on the weekly parsha, hence the name 7-Minute Torah. You'll either hear me, or you'll hear me in conversation with a Jewish thought leader. After that, if you want to stick around, we often continue with a bonus interview where we talk about all things Jewish. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming after the last couple weeks of holidays. Hope you've had a wonderful, meaningful Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and that you're looking forward to Sukkot and Simchat Torah. This week we are reading Hazinu. Hazinu is the penultimate parsha in the Torah, that is to say, the second to last. These are the almost final words of Moses, and it's in the form of a poem or a song. So how do we know that we're reading poetry here? Biblical poetry doesn't really have rhyme or meter. It's not like there's an iambic pentameter or an ABAB rhyme scheme. No, one of the primary ways that we know we're reading poetry is that the text has what's called parallelism. That's where the two halves of each verse say the same thing in two different ways. So I'll read the first line of Ha'azinu for you. It says, Ha'azinu ha'shamayim va'adabera, Give ear, O heavens, let me speak. Then it says, Vatishma ha'aretz imrefi, Let the earth hear the words I utter. So it says essentially the same thing twice. Give ear, O heavens, let the earth hear. And if you go through the poem, you find that lots of the verses are that, where it says something, and then it says it again. That's similar to a lot of other biblical poetry, like some of the Psalms that you might know, and the Michamocha prayer that we traditionally sing every day, which is also a very ancient poem from the Torah. All of these have this parallelism, as well as lots of repetition, lots of very stylized language. That's how you know you're reading a song here. And when we're reading a biblical song, the other thing that we usually know is that we're reading some of the oldest literature in the entire Torah. Things that are sung are, of course, easier to remember than things that are recited. So the oldest stuff that we have in the Torah, from the era when things were mostly passed on orally rather than in writing, are the songs. So what's in Hazinu? Well, you might call it kind of a spiritual history. Moses stands up in front of the people right before he dies and tells them kind of a story about their relationship with God. But it's a poetic story, so it doesn't go back and recount the same events. It tells it in a different way, and it also makes some predictions, or quote-unquote predictions, for the future. So here's the story of Ha'azinu. It says essentially something like, First God created the world and everything in it, including all the people. Then God found the people of Israel, adopted the people of Israel, took Israel as God's people, kind of took us under God's wing. Then Israel rebelled. Now it's never clear whether this is past tense or future tense. Moses could be talking about what happened in the wilderness, but also, more likely, is talking about what will happen in the future. We will rebel against God, worship other gods, generally fall into idolatry, and God will become angry at us. Things will get bad, it says. There will be an exile. There will be punishment. There will be pain and violence and pestilence and bad things happening. But God will not have abandoned us. 
In the end, God will decide not to destroy us, will vindicate us vis-a-vis our enemies. So that's the basic story of Hazinu. It's actually not a very pretty story. It's a story of rebellion and rejection and reward and punishment. But it must have been a story that spoke to a lot of Jews throughout history. I think ancient and medieval people really understood their lot in life in ways like this Parsha describes. Why are we living in exile? Why was our temple destroyed? What did we do to deserve these things? Why is God doing this to us? Those aren't necessarily the same questions that we ask when bad things happen to us, but they have been the questions that lots of people have asked throughout history. So on the one hand, this feels like a, maybe a bit of a depressing Torah portion to the modern ear. You're going to be punished. You're going to be exiled. But it's not actually intended to be read that way. It's intended to be read the opposite, as an optimistic portion, as a story about ongoing relationship and ongoing covenant, and about unconditional love. So this Parsha describes God as a parent. There's all kinds of parental language in here. God takes us under God's wing. God feeds us, gives birth to us. This is a description of a parent. And anyone out there who's a parent knows that sometimes your children rebel against you. I have three teenagers, and they have been known on occasion to rebel. That is to say, reject their parents and the values of their parents. Or at least sometimes it feels like that's what they're doing. But here's the thing. As a parent, even as I watch my children grow up and grow into their opinions, even as I watch them rebel against me, I also see all the ways that they are my children. And I want nothing more than to support them and love them and for them to be happy and successful. In fact, what do we want for our children if not to develop their own worldview? So this description of God as a parent is a really powerful one because it raises the issue of unconditional love. One of the central features of parent-child relationships, at least the healthy ones, is unconditional love. We love our children unconditionally, even when we don't agree with them, even when their actions are different than what we might have done. So we can understand why the Torah would want to describe God as a parent expressing unconditional love for us. Because none of us are perfect. We all rebel, so to speak. We all go against God's values or go against Jewish values or go against our own values. And sometimes those things put a strain in our relationships, including the one with God. But at the end of the day, those things don't have to define us and they don't have to define our relationship with God. God makes the decision to remain in covenant with us. Such as it is, I don't actually think that I get to speak for God. And I think the Torah was written by human beings, which actually means that the message here is that things can always be okay. That even when there are hard things going on in the world, like exile, like suffering, like sickness, that God is still with us, that goodness is still with us, that there's still a reason to put one foot in front of the other and keep trying to make the world better. As this Parsha draws to a close, Moses goes up on top of a mountain called Har Ha'avarim, Mount Avarim, to look out over the Promised Land, knowing that he's not going to enter it. He's about to die and the people will go without him. And so we can imagine that what he needed to know in that moment was that no matter what happened, the people would be okay. 
So that's the idea that the Torah leaves us with here in this penultimate moment, this moment just before our holiest book comes to an end. The covenant is in place. The people are ready to move forward. This journey won't always be easy, but it will be epic. And we, you and I, and all Jews that have ever lived, we are part of that journey. So we'll see you next week when we talk about the Parsha for Sukkot, and then the week after that, we'll finally bring the Torah to an end. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Rabbi Micah Streifer here. I want to invite you to continue the conversation in our new Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search 7-Minute Torah Listen and Discuss. Then you can join the group and join the conversation. See you there. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment. And please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.